0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network, and we're in the very first show of 2021. We made it. We made it. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. Today, my guest is Jody Hamilton, because of course it is. She's comfortable and I love her. So just kind of like easing into this whole thing. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to keep this intro as short as I possibly can. But coming up on Wednesday, I'm going to be talking to Greg Oliar. Then on the 11th, I am going to be. I'm pretty sure I just booked Randy Bryce. Yes, I did. So Randy Bryce coming up on the 11th. Then on the 13th, which is Wednesday, talking to Charles Johnson. And then on the 18th, on Monday, I'm going to be talking with Glenn Kirshner. So we've got some really cool guests booked. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the rest of the month to confirm. But I'm excited about the guests that we've got. Uh, obviously. With the exception of Charles Johnson, everyone is returning. But Charles Johnson's going to be fun, of Little Green Football. So it's going to be, he's going to be fun. I know that he knows Bob very well. He's been on Bob's show. We follow each other on Twitter, and we have a lot of fun together. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast. It's supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. I don't have corporate backers, and I don't use advertisers, so it is the patrons who keep this show going. So I always say, if you enjoy today's show, please take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. I've interviewed such cool people. In fact, I invited Peter Frampton to be on the show. I didn't hear back from him, but when I invited Kathy Griffin, who was eventually on the show, it took her like, I don't know, two months to get back to me, so you never know. I know Peter Frampton has a book out and that's why I wanted to interview him. I've never interviewed like a rock star before, which would be so fucking awesome. But it's been, I think it's been several days now and I haven't heard anything from him. So I don't believe he's going to be on the show and that's okay. But I, you know, this year's going to be good. I've got all kinds of exciting, you know, ideas and guests and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, if you like the show, please consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount Let me explain to you how the show works real quick. Basically, I do two free shows a week on Monday and Wednesday, and then I do two patrons only shows a month. I also do, after every free show, I do Kimberly's After Party. That's for patrons only. But here's how it works. If you, if you're a subscriber, if you're a patron, for $4 or less, you're going to get one of the patrons-only shows, plus the free shows. All of those will be delivered to your email box. If you are a patron for $5 or more, you will get everything. You'll get all the free shows delivered to your email box, as well as the two patrons-only shows that I do every month and every Kimberly's After Party, which is, again, after every free show. So I have created all kinds of tiers. You can take a look. You don't have to – you're not locked into – you know one particular dollar amount you can choose that so just keep that in mind visit patreon.com/startmeup like you could sign up for say $3 and if you decide that you want to upgrade later do that at any time if you want to become the $5 subscriber you can do that at any time but i just want to say that i really appreciate your support it's everybody who who is a patron of the show you guys keep this going, and I really couldn't do this without you. So thank you, and I appreciate you. Um, you can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text and the Patreon description, as I do in every show. I include my email address, and you can just use that on PayPal and and do a one-time thing. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Don't forget, stop by and become a subscriber. That's free over there on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I should say. And then while you're there, if you like the show, please give the show a review and a rating. It's free and easy. And as far as reviews go, you don't have to write like an entire book. You could just say, I really enjoy the show and that's good to go. So that's going to be it. Now, please enjoy my conversation. First conversation of the year with Jody Hamilton. Welcome back, Jody, to the very first Start Me Up of 2021.
1: Oh, I'm so honored.
0: Yeah. So now I'm, of course, (laughs) I'm glad that you're my first guest because, you know, I was like kind of going back and forth. Should I try to get someone on who, like, I really have to fully prepare, like interview mode, or should I just have a conversation? And then it's like, well, of course, I just want want to talk to Jodi.
1: So much easier. Well, I know that you make books. I I heard that you and Bob both had made books before, so that's always fun. Yes, we make books. (laughs) Well, I said
0: talking to you is easy. And it's like it's easy for me because uh, I don't have to search the Internet looking for uh, things to ask you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you know, I already know what your deal is and audience loves you already. And we could just dig in. And I think we should just dig in right now to the fact that that fucking phone call, that fucking phone call. Oh, my God. Like under any other uh, circumstance. Any other time, this would have, like, this is worse than fucking Nixon. This is worse than Watergate. Yeah. And the sad is. part is that we're, right now, there's nothing anybody can really do. I know that the Democrats have asked Christopher Ray to investigate this, so we'll see what happens there. And there's only a couple of weeks left that Trump can, you know, do the most harm. So, I don't know, like, how,
1: how do you see this playing out? Um, well, I'm glad that Ted Lou and I forget the other representative yeah. did file that complaint with the FBI because that's the f- first step. Yeah. Um in in getting this going. Um listening I I couldn't listen to it because when I listen to his voice it's just I'm like chez pazienza at this point. I just it just Yeah. I couldn't. So I read most of the tra- not all mm-hmm. of it, but I listened to some of it and then read the transcript because I I got that and copied and so other people could read it. Um the National Review is like, get over it, dude, you lost. Right. Wow. Um, the Washington Examiner, get over it, dude, wow. you lost. But, um, you know, uh, Newsmax and others mm-hmm. are like, no, he yeah. did, nothing was wrong with that phone call. Right. And it's like, n- no. There's, <laughs> no. And Rauschenberger, Perger, however you fucking pronounce his name. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody on the news is saying Perger. But then Tom Hartman calls him purger, and I want him to pronounce his last name so that right. I know how to pronounce it. Exactly. Um, because if it's purger, it's funny because he has exactly. purges a ton of voters. If right. it's purger, then, then that's a Greg Palace Tom Hartman thing, and God bless them for doing that. Because um, it could be pronounced either way. Because yeah. purge is not with an E. Right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, it's with the u, guys. So, um, But any, regardless, he was smart to record the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, And then he's implicated the Lindsey Graham phone call. Mm -hmm. He goes, after my phone call with Lindsey Graham, I knew I had to record things. (laughs) So Lindsey Graham needs to be
0: brought up on some fucking charges. Right, yes, absolutely. And I'm looking right now because, um, excuse me, (coughs) I quote tweeted, okay, I quote tweeted Hal Sparks, and I'm Mm -hmm. looking for, oh, okay, here it is. So Hal quoted Trump where he says, very costly in many ways and says is a threat. That's what House Park says. That's a threat. Oh, yeah. And, and so then I just basically quoted Michael Cohen when he was testifying in front of Congress. And he said he, meaning Donald Trump, doesn't give you questions. He doesn't give you orders. He speaks in a code. And I understand that code because I've been around him for decades. So um, and then Michael Cohen liked that. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, clearly very costly in many ways. What does that mean?
1: yeah I mean he's definitely it's a veiled threat. Glenn Kirchner yes. said so Yes, uh, I mean various people that have you know tried mobsters are like, no, that's mob yeah. speak that's right. that's just plain and simple mob speak mm-hmm. and, and we've tried less we've tried for less there's a I was listening to Tom Hartman before I got back here, and apparently there's a report in Scotland that they, the the turnbury and the airport there are getting ready for some bigwig coming in from the United States at hmm. 757 on January 19th. Interesting. Um, so what's that and, about? Well, I mean, uh, Hartman's positing that it could very likely be Donald Trump and his gang of thieves mm-hmm. and, and criminals, his criminal enterprise with mm-hmm. him. Um, and that they would land in Scotland, and then before noon or around noon, our East Coast time, on the 20th, he would get on his own plane and split for some place that's difficult to extradite him from. Now, that's an interesting... I don't find that out of the ordinary or hard to believe, mm-hmm. but a caller said, he goes, but the FBI could be there ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And bust him, you know, at noon East Coast time, uh, and then Tom Hartman said, well, you know, maybe Scottish authorities would have to do that, that the FBI wouldn't have jurisdiction. Well, they can have... We. Ha- Isn't he under sealed indictment still in the Cohen case? I think
0: so. I think so.
1: So, I mean, hi, warrant for his arrest on that. That could be already in the works. Oh, my God. On the 19th, even though he's technically the president. Right. um, And we we put that warrant into Scotland Yard and say, hey, we need to take him at this point. And then they agree to that as long as they've got the evidence and go, sure, no problem. We don't want him. Um so there are ways I think that he can if he does flee the country but is in mm-hmm. a country like Scotland or, you know, a friendlier country than say Dubai or right. UAE or Saudi Arabia or yeah, I don't think Russia choose, wants him. Why would he choose Scotland though? Uh just in order to land on Air Force One or Two, leave that there, then that gets sent back here mm-hmm. and then he gets his own plane. Hmm. Landing so there. well
0: and I see here on what's happening on the Twitter trending stuff, it says Scotland to enter full lockdown, at least until the end of January, so that kind of also makes things interesting.
1: That would make things interesting, indeed. <laughs> um, I just, it's it's according to Scottish News, there's been a lot of hubbub going along. It's, they're, they're just, you know, speculating, too. My view is, if he does leave the country and it is in a friendlier place than, say, Saudi Arabia or others, that, yeah, we send the FBI ahead of time because there are sealed indictments for individual one and let alone the obstruction of justice charges that we could file in -hmm. in a minute Mm -hmm. you know there's enough evidence that any friendly country would be like yeah we don't want him anyway
0: right exactly wow god this is so weird i mean again it's like under under our current uh leadership if you want to call it that i mean nothing's going to happen nobody's going to punish him And he's going to be able to get away with pretty much whatever he wants to do. And then we're going to have this new Congress and I, well, new president. And then hopefully we're going to get the tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I think I just saw Sherry Jacobus posted something saying that the polls are actually tighter than what they're claiming right now. And I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing I'm feeling somewhat hopeful because we're seeing some of the same things play out that we saw right before the general. As far as, Mm -hmm. you know, high voter turnout. There's like an uh, it's it's it's. It's breaking records. There's a lot of young people. And we talked about Mm -hmm. this a little bit on the uh, after party right before the new year with uh, Mm -hmm. Bob Seska, which was a wildly popular show. So that's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Cool. But yeah, everybody was like, Bob was like, wow, everybody really likes this. And, you know, maybe we should do one two times a year. So just FYI. Um, <laughs> uh, but we were talking a little bit about the Georgia uh, runoff election. And, and there's a lot of hope. I mean, obviously, David, who lives in Georgia, said that the, mm-hmm. there's definitely energy. At, you know, and we won't know till we know. Right. But. At the same time, you know, it's like, it's just going to determine so much. It's going to, but what are we, like, what is going to happen? We cannot move forward as a country in any kind of real or positive way unless people who fucked us up for the last four years are held accountable. And I know that there's, that Donald Trump and whether it's his children or people like Kellyanne Conway or anybody who's done anything, because I know Kellyanne Conway. Um, I can't remember what the act is, or whatever the thing that she the Hatch Act. Hatch Act, thank you. I mean, what what is the punishment for something like that when I, people I are actually what it, what, held accountable?
1: I, I I would imagine because it's, you know, just it's it's using. Federal land to do electioneering Mm -mm, and things mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. I would imagine it would be financial. Right, yeah. Um, I can't imagine it being an imprisoned thing because that just doesn't seem right. That seems like too much of a punishment to imprison somebody. But definitely high fines. Whatever the fine is, give her the max. Give everybody the max that did that, including Trump and his family and Uh Pompeo and others that that did that. Um, What really pisses me off? Okay, the Congressional (laughs) Medal of Freedom. Oh, yeah. He's going to give it to a pedophile-adjacent person next week, apparently, Jim Jordan. Yes. And and Devin Nunes, who is just an ass. Right. My mother got it from George W. Bush. Wow. So it's like, really? Does she have to burn hers now?
0: I know, really. And just for those who don't know, your mom is Carol Burnett. I'm just going to say, because not everybody, maybe maybe not everyone wait, knows.
1: <laughs> wait, can you hold on for one second? What yes. do you want, baby cat? Oh, <laughs> what is it she's been going meow, meow, oh
0: i, I didn't meow. even hear her
1: oh oh she's just now she's walking i don't know who she's mad at it's either lonnie or me i, and I think she's she wants to go outside that's mm. what it is she wants to go outside but lonnie's got the giant sprinklers going in the backyard so she can't go be with him <laughs> right now that's what it is she's like she's, hey mom <laughs> yeah, i'm like she always does it with with bob I mean, with my show, there's somebody else in the room, so she's less likely to come in and bitch and moan. But put on headphones, and she's in here going, what,
0: I need you. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what Miranda <laughs> used to do. She would she would come over at the uh, right where I'm sitting. She would get on top of this cushion thing where I sit, and she would just, like, rub my the back of my shoulder, and she'd like, hey. And you know what? I, she always liked what I called editing time. So if, like, if I wrote something, and I would have Bob come in, and, and look it over, and he's sitting in my chair. Oh, my God, that would make her so excited. She'd just get so excited to see, <laughs> you know, somebody sitting in my chair or doing... I don't know, it was really weird, but she did it every time. She would get extremely loving and affectionate and excited. And it's so hard. I just miss having kitties. My mom posted, I don't know if you saw it, but I tweeted out a picture of both of my mom's cats. She woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning... And turned on the light, and there they were, face to face, hugging and cuddling. It was like so cute. Aww. I just love it. And I just, one of these days we're gonna get cats, but we're still waiting. So, just have to wait. <laughs> just
1: have to wait. Um, but oh, yeah. I'm sorry that I interrupted our, our no, stuff no, no, about no, my no. mother because you know my mother's fantastic. But um, uh, no, I mean it's just like really, he's just. I mean, Rush Limbaugh was bad enough. I know, but Devin Nunes and Jim fucking t- 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 Jordan. Jim Jordan.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, I wish there was some way we could take it back.
1: I'm not sure if there's a way for Joe Biden to go new and new (laughs) and new because you're supposed to get it because of your philanthropy and the wonderful things that you've done. And this. No,
0: (laughs) (laughs) no. Oh, God. I, I just like it feels I know it's only a couple of weeks. And it will go by pretty quickly, although we don't know what he's going to do in these couple of weeks. And that makes it scary. But it's like it still feels like we're slogging along. It's so and and part of what makes it so difficult is because COVID is raging. People are Mm -hmm. not paying attention to protocols. But even even now, there is this mutated virus that is 70 percent more contagious. And it's not more deadly, but it is more deadly in that more people will get it, so more people will die. But the d- getting it itself d- isn't going to be any harder on you. It's just that right. there's, it's easier to catch. And so right. there was this whole article in the Adla- – I think it was The Atlantic. I think it was. Anyway, it was just talking about that. And, you know, so we, we all have to – and then I just saw t- – uh, Bob told me that Stephanie Miller and Travis Bone have yes. it. And yeah. it's like, I've known about uh, Travis
1: – for weeks i've known wow. travis got it i knew weeks ago that travis had it um stephanie literally just found out yesterday oh god i mean that's just she had she had two tests before leaving mm-hmm. went saw her mother mm-hmm. um stay with her you know they rented like a house on the lake or something so she didn't have to be in the uh, assisted living at least while stephanie was there mm-hmm. so that she could be see her family basically mm-hmm. Um, and Stephanie, while she was there, got tested twice, negative both times. So yeah. there's four tests negative there. Right. She came home. She got tested. I want to say last Sunday. No, last Tuesday. Um, negative test again. So that uh-huh. was five for five. And then she got tested this past Saturday. and Got the results positive. So Fuck. the sixth test. Yeah. It's it's just being in an airport.
0: Yeah. Uh, and yeah.
1: air airplanes are slightly. And plus, she was lucky enough to be able to have enough points to fly first class. Mm-hmm. So at least she wasn't as crowded as other mm-hmm. people would have been. But um, it, the airplanes are safer because I think they're using some UV light filtration mm-hmm. and they're cleaning like crazy because they don't want their flight attendants to get sick. Yeah. I mean, that, that alone is reason for them to keep things as sterile as they can on the right. airplane itself. But it's the airports. And I believe Joe Biden will have the legal right come January 20th because airports fly interstate Mm -hmm. to require people in the airports to wear masks, and if not, they're escorted out of the buildings, Mm -hmm. um, which is where people are getting it, I think, and they're more tight. He can also maybe require that airlines don't book right fully just right. you can only book a third we'll right. take care of the the money up right. until then but you can only book a third of the capacity of yeah. any flights that you have which means only a third of the people would be in a fucking airport at any given right. moment rate exactly of time. exactly um, i think he might have the legal recourse to do that i know he's looking into mask mandates and things like that that yeah. he can legally do and hopefully especially international airports he definitely has the right there um, I'm not sure about regional airports, but if they have anybody flying in from another state into that airport, yeah, that's mm-hmm. interstate co- That's interstate travel, yeah. and that's federal. And the FAA does control all of that, so I think he might have the, le- the legal right to do yeah. it. So I think that traveling come the end of this month should be somewhat safer in the airports yeah. if he's allowed to do what I think he should do, which right. is what Trump should have done, mm-hmm. and every fucking governor in every fucking city in the country should have done, mm-hmm. and we would have been over this by now. But that motherfucker's killed 350,000 fucking people, including Don Wells, who I knew. So fuck him!
0: Oh my god, and that was so hard. I mean, how old was she? 82. I mean, there are people. She was 82. There are people that obviously live well into their 90s, and so mm-hmm. it's just it's so extremely upsetting. I do want to go back to Stephanie though and say that, I, and I don't know very much about her family, but Bob had said, you know, this could be like the last time she gets to see her mom. Yeah. And so yeah. normally I'm not for people getting on planes, but if it were my mother, right, and it might be the last time that I see her, I would have done the same. And well, I, would no, fri- I would have been freaked out, but I would have because it's my mother. And I think right. under these circumstances, that's a, that's an exception that I would be willing to make. Um, to just go visit for fun and, you know, and I mean, I'm sure she wanted to have fun with her mother, but still, if she never gets to see her again, yes, this was a very important visit. So, um, but God, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, I'm I'm watching the, and I'm slightly embarrassed to admit this, but I've already admitted it, so, but I watched The Real Housewives of, and then I've got Beverly Hills, which they're not on right now, Orange County, which is on, and New Jersey. So uh, Orange County, it's kind of fascinating to watch because, as they were filming last year, COVID was going on. They started filming probably in January before it started happening. Right. And then they had to shut things down on the show. But then they opened things back up with, with I guess it was in the summertime. And that's when things started, you know, getting looser restrictions. So I'm watching these women. And it's just so crazy because they're all in a kitchen together. And one of them's wearing a mask and three of them aren't. And one of them has a shield and nothing else. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, but one of them, got COVID and she's the most, uh, let's say, paranoid and dramatic, but she's got some kind of existing lung issue. So it was really frightening to her. When I say paranoid, she's always going to home, like a homeopath doctor or somebody who does funny, does different kinds of preventative, whatever. I don't even know, like suctioning. That's, I don't know what suctioning does, but something like that. I think she's done the mm-hmm. suctioning thing before. She, she doesn't necessarily always go for the uh, traditional, you know, Western medicine. She, she likes Eastern medicine stuff like that. So she's always taking vitamins and doing right. everything she can or herbs or whatever to be healthy. So she's totally freaking out and she has three teen daughters. Mm-hmm. I, they went out for for uh, July 4th or something like that, brought COVID home. And the interesting thing is you were telling me about all these tests with Stephanie. She had been tested so many different times. The daughters had to quarantine, I guess, Mm -hmm. in a different part of the house. Mm -hmm. And she was pissed because she's like, oh, my God, they're putting me at risk and I could die. And I don't think she's she's not I know she's not dead, but I don't know what recurring issues may come up for her later on. But right. uh, she had tested negative so many times, and she was getting mm-hmm. tested frequently because she was in a house filled with kids who had COVID. And then well, finally... Well, also, if
1: you're shooting, you're, you're tested constantly. If you're what? If you're shooting television right now or anything. Right, yeah. Oh, right, you're right, 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 right. Well, this constantly. was back in, like, July,
0: so I, mean, I imagine it would be... That's a, when they started yeah. doing it. Yeah, That's when they so... Started. But she had, you know, she was constantly being tested, and it was constantly coming up negative, and then, of mm-hmm. course, all of a sudden, it came up positive. So... You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering, also, and I don't even know if there's an answer, and maybe you know the answer, but, like, how effective are these tests? Because so they talk about the false positives and negatives. I don't know enough about it to speak about it. So, well, you know, I I've gotten know.
1: tested once um, uh, in October because I had that recurring, like, the oh, sore right. throat that just wouldn't leave me. Yes. And so I was like, all right, I better go get. I didn't have a fever. That was it. It was just a sore throat. You know, nothing else. And so I was like, I fine before I go see my doctor and bother her with this, cause she'll <laughs> want me to get a COVID test. Yeah. I'll just go get the test. So I, you know, I was able to get one th- using my insurance, going through a drive through where you do a nasal swab yourself, which is the PCR test. Yeah. Those tests are about 90% okay. accurate. Okay, Well then, there because you go. those yeah. take time, those mm-hmm. take time It's two, t- 24 to 72 hours later goes to any, it's your nose. It's, it's not comfortable. Um, I did it myself. Still not comfortable, and I was nice to myself. Um, <laughs> uh, then what they also were doing on on sets and sound stages, which they've shut down, everything. Yeah, uh, this I heard week, that. Yeah, um, because which is we've smart. got the. It's very smart. We've got the more contagious strain going on, so let's yes. make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. So what what they do on uh, for production, if they're doing it right, is you get tested a PCR test at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Up, which is the up-your-nose one. Okay. And then every day when you go to work, you get a rapid test. Oh, interesting. Now, those okay. tests are only those, about 50%. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Those are the ones that the false positives and false negatives happen more often than a false positive or negative with a PCR. Um, you can get them, but it's rarer. It's mm-hmm, harder. Mm-hmm. So basically... If you go to work and you have a, you've got your negative PCR test, you go to work the next day, you get your rapid test, you're negative, you get to go to work, but you've masked up and only certain departments can hang out with each other and it's all outdoors. I mean, I've watched production happening around right. here. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a friend of mine was working on Paul Anderson's movie and also I'm friends with Paul and um, I was like, Hey, I think I saw you guys shooting. Are you going to be in that neighborhood again? And he said, even if I were, I can't see you. Mm-hmm. Even though it's outside and I walked by everybody, but it's like they can't, you know, they can't risk it. Yeah. And um, so basically they do that every day. And if you have a negative uh, rapid test, you're sent home. You're not even allowed any. Because the testing is far from where they're shooting. Right. Like, you know, with with This Is Us, with Paul's movie, with a couple of other things I've seen, the testing is on one, like a quarter of a mile away. Mm Mm-hmm. And they test you with proper testing, and then they drive you to the set, and then they drive you back to Hmm. your car. I mean, it's, they're very, and most places that aren't shooting on sound stages have been pretty good, um, because they're shooting outdoors. I know CBS Radford had a huge outbreak, but Hmm. they're shooting indoors. Wow. Um, And and you heard about Tom Cruise freaking out. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. That was impressive. And
1: I'm with him. Me too. I'm with him, 100% on that, man. Yes, Um, I am
0: totally with him, and I I was like, you go. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of his religion, but... But what he said Neither was I, 100%. But he was, yeah.
1: It was, you know, first off, it's like, they are. Hollywood is relying on Mission Impossible in England, thank you right. very much, Yes. to do it, because that movie, and he's funding, like, I think what I read was he has, like, a cruise ship that he rented for all the American people that he hired to work on that. So they're, they're all living on that mm-hmm, hotel, which mm-hmm. luckily has a medical facility because it's a fucking cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's like, you know, hes d- that's out of his own pocket. I mean, wow. to insure him anyway costs I know. a fortune. I know. Yeah, because he's stupid and does his own fucking stunts. But um, <laughs> those movies have to cost just their insurance alone. You've got to pay for three times what the budget is just to cover the insurance mm-hmm. on a movie like that, and especially for him. His mm-hmm. his insu- just to cover him is the entire budget of the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. If he if something happens to him, movie's over. Right. Exactly. Um, and so him freaking out like that was, um, Sean Barton said it best. He goes, yeah, it's like a dad, you know, don't cross the street, don't cross the street. All of a sudden you cross the street and a car almost hits you and you yell. Right, right, and, exactly. And don't fucking do that, yeah. you know. So I, I, some people were like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. I'm like, no, yeah, he should have. Because it sounded like in the recording, like they like had been warned already once at least. And so he was fed up.
0: Yeah, well, I think I'm right, you know, I'm right there with him. And listening to the tone of his voice and everything, I mean, I feel the same way. And, you know, there's people in my family who are just taking unnecessary risks. And it's not my place. You know, I don't say anything to them. They get to choose what they want to do. And there's the MAGA person in my family who did not say this to me, but had said something like, how did, how is it phrased? You know, letting, le- letting COVID rule you. And this is a free country. And uh, so, you know, and it's like, yes, I am going to let COVID decide how I'm cho- choosing to live my life right now. I mean, it is a choice, but it's like, I am, I'm going to let the virus yeah. uh, decide that right now because our leadership is so poor. Trump is mm-hmm. such a fucking crazy madman and he's not doing anything. And they're just, you know, this whole mm-hmm. idea of letting everybody get sick and, 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 uh, herd immunity and all that. It's like, uh, yes, I'm going to be fearful of that virus. I mean, it's just the same reason I put a fucking seatbelt on, you know?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there was a whole, apparently at the Century City mall the other day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a Ralph's in that mall apparently. And then there's a Bloomingdale's and yada, 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 yada. In Century City. In Century City. Okay, okay. And um, so a bunch of people went into the Ralphs and took off their masks, and <sighs> obviously people were very upset. Yeah. And same at Bloomingdale's and all these other places. And all I'm thinking, there's a there's a restaurant that I walk by, which is not open right now except for takeout at the moment. That literally says no mask, no shoes, no sho- shirt, no service. Right. Done. Right. Like, are you guys bitching that you have to wear pants and shoes? I when know you exactly. Walk into a place? Exactly you know it's like fuck you oh it's you know it's 30 degrees outside you are you afraid of the cold that's why you're wearing a coat exactly Yeah, i don't like to fucking be cold if all these if these and yes i wear a fucking seatbelt because if i get into an accident less like okay get the bruise that's about it hopefully you know whatever yeah i have airbags in my fucking car you know like really um And the thing is, is if I get into a car accident by myself, I hopefully have not hurt anybody else. Right, yes. And me getting into a car not wearing a seatbelt doesn't, is not contagious to somebody else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. me walking outside yes, in the cold weather without a coat doesn't help doesn't fuck with somebody else but the, w- the um, way that
0: it does though is that if you get into an accident and you mm-hmm. don't have insurance then it does cost mm-hmm. people money to take care of you if you go to like a county hospital or something like that Absolutely. which you know I don't have a problem taking care of people who are you know unable to afford insurance and stuff but it but when you're supposed to wear a seatbelt and that could have mm-hmm. made a difference, well, then, yeah, you should be fucking wearing a seatbelt because it right. is costing all of us more money. And, you know, that's not even to say what will happen to you by not wearing a seatbelt in the fucking car. So it, it would be terrible and traumatic for, I and mean, it won't necessarily affect my life as, as far as, right. you know, being upset about something. But, you, you know, the consequences are, are going out to all of us. And I wish that there was a way that we could make – but unfortunately, it, you know, if we had different leadership – I mean, I'm, I, I think you and I have even talked about this before. I, I can't fucking stand George Bush, but I know George W. Bush would have yeah. handled this better.
1: Absolutely. He, well, he's handled the first SARS breakout yes, better. Yes, yes. End and of statement. He yeah. already did. Granted, that wasn't quite as contagious right. as this, but still – yeah. He was like, boom, it ain't coming here. And if it does, we're quashing it.
0: Yeah, and we're that's just, I'm, that's it. It's, it's like the, It shouldn't be partisan. The, this fucking virus shouldn't be political, but they made it political. And so now... It would have made
1: it to Europe. It would not yeah. have made it... To, I swear to God, it wouldn't have gotten to Europe had he done his job because we would have coordinated better. It, we would have had people in Wuhan. We would have yeah. had people still in Geneva. We would have had the people where we needed them because this is where these things happen. Mm-hmm. We know this. He pulled them out in 2018. And and because the black guy did it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what it just comes down to. Oh my God. And the
1: email lady, you know, and the email lady. And <laughs> the email you know. lady.
0: All those butter emails.
1: <laughs> President email lady wouldn't have done this to us. No, no she wouldn't have. Okay, I
0: want to kind of switch gears here because something's going on and it's a little bit and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with I swear to God, if anybody on Twitter uh, tags Ryan Knight under anything I say. I'm blocking you. I say this every time because <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit of shit about. It's not just Ryan Knight though, but yesterday the squad voted for Nancy Pelosi. All Good of them. Good for them. All of them. Good for them. And what was so interesting was I get have not looked at Ryan Knight's feed over the over the holidays. I didn't look because I I have him blocked, so I can look at him anytime I want to. And occasionally I do. I try not to because I get really angry but i want to fuck like get get the feel of things i do know nina they were they were thinking or they were talking about nina turner running for president in 2024 but and and she might but she's going to be running in 2022 i think she's running for something i'm i know i know it's in ohio i don't i don't know exactly what that deal is but um I, I you know, I mean I knew about that and I, I knew some of the stuff they were doing, but they were pressuring OAC not to vote for Pelosi unless she was gonna go for Medicare for all. And then AOC came That's into so the conversation stupid. and mm-hmm. said, Look, you know, you can't just go in there and, and blow your wad. She didn't say blow right. your wad, but she's like you can't blow your wad and even so, how can I, you know, as a legislator work to get people fifteen dollars an hour if I don't have if, if the Republican are in control. And of course they didn't like that answer. So, um, now, you know, she, she is, uh, Nancy Pelosi is the speaker again. And thank, thank, you know, thankfully the squad voted for her. And somebody argued with me on Twitter, I should say debated with me and said, well, she's got a, she, they were promised committee positions. And I said something like, well, I'm sure if you were in the same position and had the same ambitions, you would do Mm -hmm. the same. And she's like, well, this is not about me. And, and, you know, I don't like AOC as much as you. And it's like, I don't really give a shit if anyone likes AOC. When, when AOC came in, you know, was first elected, I, I really liked the way she handled herself with Republicans. Then I really liked the way she questioned, uh, you know, yeah. like Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. And, you know, I, I, she's prepared. She's really smart. But I, I didn't know if she was going to be disruptive because there is a faction of the progress, obviously, of the progressives that can be disruptive. And so I, I, I didn't initially dislike her. I just wanted her to convince me that she was going to be, uh, you know, like a, t- to work for people. And I, didn't ca- I, I don't care if she challenges Democrats. Sometimes I think they should be challenged. So um, I wanted to wait and see how she was gonna behave. She's been there for two years. Definitely. And I want to get your opinion on this and what you have to mm-hmm. say. But, you know, I mean, as far as watching her, it's like, all right, she has convinced me that she knows what she's doing. And she understands that in order to get anything done, Democrats have to win. And there is a game to be played. And I don't like the, the word game, because it kind of it diminishes what's going on. But at any work situation, there is a it, it, it's a game that we all play with right. each other. And so we have to figure out the rules of that game. And what is the best way to win? So I mean, I and I, oh God, I can't remember her name. I'm mm-hmm. trying to, she, I, I, she's part of the squad and I disagree. Ilhan Omar or no. Ayana Presley no. or
1: um, uh, Iliana, no, I'm wrong. Ilhan Omar, Ayana Presley, AOC. It's,
0: and it's the other one. For
1: Mila Jayapal. Her. She, uh, isn't she the one who. Mila Jayapal, that's
0: it. Booed yep. Hillary Clinton.
1: She may have.
0: I think that. I think uh, she did. I think you're right. I think it
1: was Jaya Paul. Yeah. And
0: I don't like that. I think that's below her position to behave that way. Um, You know, I mean, I would, I would, I think I would rather have her in there than a a Republican. But at the same time, that's the kind of behavior that I don't like. You know, it's like, come on, man. You don't have to like Hillary Clinton, but don't publicly boo her when, when you are powerful in politics. Just don't do that. That's not. That's not good. Anyway, so there's there's that whole there's that whole thing and I know that the Rose Twitter crowd is fucking pissed. They are pissed off at the squad. Early on, they thought that AOC and another one whose name she's not part of the squad, Cory Bush. They thought Cory Bush and AOC were not going to vote for Pelosi, but eventually they did. And I don't give a shit if it's cuz they were promised committee positions or anything like that. They were unified and they they really put out a, a big, huge statement, I think, to all of us about who they are. And then on the flip side of that, there's Steve Schmidt and all of his epic words and his you know, threads. And he's now a Democrat. And I'm looking at him, and I just did a post, and I'm like, look, I'm the kind of Democrat who will remain open to all the, kind, all the Democrats, whether they're somebody like AOC or somebody like Steve Schmidt. And I'm going to side-eye Steve Schmidt for a while. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I need some, some years in there. I need, I need years in there to see where Lincoln Project and Steve Schmidt and Rick Wilson will go. But so far, they have been working on our side. And as Bob, I know Bob's number one priority for this year and for just moving forward after Trump is we have to win elections or we're fucked. And so, I mean, that's how I'm looking at it. But I mean, like, what, what's your, you know, what are you thinking about watching what's happening, especially with this big tent thing?
1: Okay, well as far as the squad and and uh Cori Bush also voting for uh Speaker Pelosi, they did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, a and two, when I saw fraud squad trending yesterday. I know. <laughs> that's how I found out about it. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> um and the whole, the whole I mean even even Shank Jank is like mad at Jimmy Dore. i "Oh like, my god, I know. On? There's that they're having a feud too." What is going on? Um but <laughs> Now they're calling Jenke a corporatist yes, shill. I'm of like, really? Yes, of course.
0: Yes, Jen Ugar is a corporatist shill. Literally, yeah. he said that. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> oh my god, Jimmy Dore, rich yes. guy. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But, but okay. So when they were talking, <laughs> the whole bullshit of of you know Medicare for all, vote or nothing. Yeah. Um. I've listened to Mark Pocan and Ro Khanna. Uh-huh. Both are well. Mark Pocan is the. Uh, one of the chairs of the progressive caucus. So I think he knows what he's talking about. Right. Yes. And Ro Khanna is also in the caucus and, mm-hmm. and high up in the ranks. Uh, they both have been asked this question multiple times since the Jimmy Dore bullshit started. Mm-hmm. And both of them have said, look, there are 118 sponsors or whatever, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's the most it's ever had. Yeah. Those people will vote for it, mm-hmm. but we need another hundred people mm-hmm. to also vote for it. Until they sign on as co-sponsors, we don't know how they're going to vote, yeah. and we're not going to pressure them on a vote that then they can't change their mind on later. Right, like right now, we know, if you want to primary the hundred people or so that aren't co-sponsoring this, go ahead you right. already know they haven't sponsored it we already know most mm-hmm. likely what their vote will be we don't 100 percent. but we have a pretty good idea mm-hmm. that people that are sponsoring the bill are going to vote for it and people that aren't may not that's where you have your information there is no need to put them on the record at this point because we're trying to convince people to sign on as yeah. co-sponsors and and it's Medicare for all is not going to happen this year. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no. I would love it to.
0: Yeah, as much as the purists want to believe it. But it's not even fucking possible because our country is just too big to just stop mm-hmm. everything we're doing right now and go, here's a whole new thing. It's. I think the incremental approach, and I know... That it's like God forbid you say the word incremental, but right. the incremental approach, especially for healthcare, is extremely important. And if you if you have a public option, then it's uh-huh. not incremental. You go to the public option. It's very easy.
1: Well, also the thing that the with the public option, which since we never got it into the Affordable Care Act, we don't know how it would have been regulated. But the one way that that would work properly <laughs> is that every doctor that accepts any insurance whatever it may be has to then accept the public option otherwise it won't work
0: right exactly because i know that there are
1: certain doctors that don't accept um blue cross blue shield that's offered through the the affordable care act because of the payment schedules yeah like my doctor i'm not sure she accepts anything through the exchanges or not because i'm not I don't go through the exchange. Mm-hmm. But I know that one of my friends, her doctor would not accept, quote, Obamacare, unquote. And I said, it's hmm. not Obamacare. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. <laughs> She's not accepting whatever insurance that is available on yeah. the exchange. She's not. And that's a that's a payment issue. Yeah. That's completely what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, I'm getting a mammogram a week from today. And it's funny. They don't accept private insurance. They only accept Medicare. Hmm. That's interesting. Which is very weird to yeah. me. It's like. Okay, that but it's got to be because it's e- the payment's much easier through Medicare. Right. A lot less paperwork, no middle, you just, Medicare pays the bill, great, done. Um, which is what the public option would do. And basically, mm-hmm. if you accept Medicare, you're accepting the public option, which mm-hmm. is another way to regulate it. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, I would go on a public option if it were that. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like,
0: once we can get that sorted out and see what you're talking about, it's just, it's it's not... Like you can just snap your fingers right. and decide that everything is going to run like it runs in France. It's just, it, right. it, it's going to take a long time. And there's going to, and the other thing, you know, I mean, look what happened when Obamacare was implemented. There were glitches, initial glitches, mm-hmm. which were to be expected. Of course, the Republicans criticized because it's like, look, it's failing. But you know, there's all always- <laughs> yes. In the first week, it's going to be perfect, <laughs> and it's like the you know it's going to take a while. There's going right. to be glitches. We have to be prepared for glitches, and that's why it's better to do it incrementally. And you know, I mean, so yeah. As far as uh, th- this ridiculous purist attitude, it, it you know there is no way that Ryan Knight on a dime switched uh, over to, uh, yeah. you know, this full-on bro stance. He was, I just, he's, he's working for people. I mean, that's the only explanation there is. Because you take a look at somebody like David Weissman. Now, granted, David Weissman and even Charles Johnson were, they were both Republicans. Weissman or was Steve a Trump Steve Schmidt, supporter. for that matter. Yes, Steve Schmidt. Those usually it takes a while i mean steve schmidt yeah. went from republican to independent to democrat he didn't just right. he didn't That's go normal. from like you know the john mccain republican to elizabeth warren democrat he just didn't do it and it's like right. you know I, I look at somebody like ryan knight who made such a quick one it was like this 180 stance in the way and then all of a sudden you know what's interesting you know we watched the reagan uh, the reagan's and I, <laughs> I know, and and Reagan said, "I didn't leave the Democratic Party; the Democratic Party left me." Now that's what they're all saying. They're mm-hmm. all saying the same thing that fucking Ronald Reagan said. And so you know, it's like it's it's such fucking bullshit. And I just like they're working for somebody; they're getting paid to push out some kind of a narrative, and. If, thankfully it's not working because mm-hmm. it seems right now as if they're they're eating their own i don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to get their shit together but it's like you know i saw them complaining that that you know there's they hate the republican party they hate the democratic party and they have to form their own party it's like okay yeah well there's good also with the, that. yeah there's the good there's get in line right with the green party and the independents yeah. and there, there's go ahead I mean, I know they can serve as spoilers, and we've had spoilers before, and the spoilers have definitely made an impact on outcomes, you know, election outcomes. So it's not to say that they're not dangerous, but I think especially now, and it's going to be so fascinating to see, hopefully in a positive way, how we all as a nation, like I'm I'm frightened in some regard, because I know that we have a tendency to just get – lazy when we feel comfortable mm-hmm. and we right. don't we're not engaged and so 2022 is going to be half it's going to be such a big deal and democrats really need to figure out how the fuck to message better to get people Stacey excited. abrams
1: needs to run the dnc she I totally
0: think. does absolutely she absolutely does because we need to have we need to have somebody like her do this it mm-hmm. can be done it can be done yeah. there are so many possibilities and so m- there is so much at our fingertips and you mm-hmm. know i mean there, i know that there are tons of celebrities who would be willing to do free psas or whatever mm-hmm. it would mean to engage and, and get whether it's young people get you know i mean i know that that obama was really good at getting young people and so actually was bill clinton i mean i was mm-hmm. watching the 90s on cnn the other night it was a repeat but you know, he went on Arsenio Hall and yeah, he, he played the vote, yeah. All of he played shit, the saxophone yeah. and everybody thought, yeah. Oh look, he's so cool. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there are ways for Democrats to appeal to people who don't usually vote. And they really just need they so desperately need to figure that out. Because the Republicans have figured it out. At least they figured out how to scare Enough of the base. And, you know, I mean, even though the majority of their voters are older, they've got all these young people who are, you know, like these young white supremacists who are dangerous. And, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, I don't know. But it'll be fascinating to see where we go as a country. Like, hopefully, again, positive fascination. But where are we going to go? Like, I hope that we're like, I just don't have time for these purists. I hope that's where it goes. I'm done with them. (laughs) It's just, it's just,
1: it's like like watching the Reagans. It just reminded me. Of how awful he was, um, yeah. and <laughs> she was to so that. Oh, for she just uh, fuck her, fuck Nancy Reagan. Oh my uh, God! Um, and listening to poor Ron Jr. It's I like know. he loves his parents. <laughs> yeah. He fucking loves his parents, and yeah. you can see it in mm-hmm. his in in how he talks about them. He just yeah. they're his parents. Of course, right. he loves his parents. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so glad they weren't my parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because he's not trying to defend them. He's just no. trying to explain them. Right. And, and So he doesn't come off defensive. It's just like, oh, you poor man. Yeah. Um, I met President Reagan in 1985 at the Kennedy Center Honors. My mom wow. took me. Beverly, Beverly Sills was being honored. <laughs> and they were very good friends. And so mom took me to the Kennedy I got to dance with Mikhail Baryshnikov. I mean, it <sighs> was fun. I uh, sat with John Denver. I mean, wow, it was fantastic. John Denver. And uh, he was very sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very sweet. And so I, there was this receiving line, which I think God didn't have to do when George W. Bush was president. They had him somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to <laughs> do the same thing with President Reagan. Because there was no way to get out of it with President right. Reagan. You were just kind of shoved into this line. And um, so I met him, and he was an affable, lovely, right. yeah. charming person that should just never have been in fucking government exactly
0: well my you know my father used to work as a abc cameraman abc Mm -hmm. news cameraman and at one point he he was working with reagan and Mm -hmm. i guess reagan was having lunch on air force one and he was alone and he wanted Mm -hmm. to have company and so my father wound up being the person who sat down with him and i can't remember the story oh wow but you know i mean he split his sandwich with my dad and you know my, my dad is a democrat and mm-hmm. but he just was like you know he was really cool he was just yeah. like you said just real friendly so but yeah very he friendly never i mean been i watched president.
1: him on my mom's show in 68 when he was governor and he he came to visit the set so she brought him out on stage and chatted with him she goes are you ever going to run for president and he oh i don't know carol <laughs> you know um <laughs> But he was the governor at the time, <laughs> and it, it's super charming. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's just, it's too bad that with Nancy's family, mm-hmm. he switched. I mean, the 1948 right. Ronald Reagan was great, mm-hmm. but it's later on, it was like, what the fuck happened to you? You know, he was influenced yeah. very easily yes, by, by his in laws, and, and that's too bad. Well, and it was
0: also because it was the party that accepted him. I think true. You know. Um, kind of like and, Trump. And
1: yeah, a little. Um and and it's too bad because what what his policies have done to us the past forty plus years yes. have us in this economic bullshit still. Right. And unfortunately neither Clinton may not have wanted to so much, but Obama couldn't change Mm -hmm. the policies if he Mm -hmm. even if he'd wanted to he just didn't have the senate to do it and which is why this georgia election is so important right now because all of the old rules have been thrown out the window everything's just a 51 vote now um so except for i think reconciliation everything's 51 votes passes a bill passes you know all sorts of shit so and then chuck schumer could change that Mm -hmm. If he if he becomes majority later and go you know what McConnell I'm sorry Harry Reid started it you're I'm finishing it fuck y'all <laughs> How, I Harry mean, Reid started it then Mitch McConnell made it worse and right. now and Harry Reid had to do it because of just federal judges yeah
0: oh my god so okay what do you, what is your um, I'd say gut feeling on Georgia <sighs> um,
1: I was listening to. Um, talking feds the other day and they had some georgia people on regarding the election and they said the county to watch tomorrow i think it's called peach county mm-hmm. it's small
0: because of course it would be peach county
1: <laughs> naturally um i mean fulton county is important cobb and yeah. dekalb and all the the bigger counties are important obviously but you you know these are counties they're deep blue and you really Unless they turn red, it would be odd. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Peach is a small little county, and it's, it's out in, you know, small little tiny little rural county. Yeah. And if that's, if that goes blue, then the state has gone blue. Wow. That's, and these are okay, people that well, are in politics know. in Georgia, and so be that, that's the county to watch. And if that if that votes for Ossoff and, and um, Warnock, then the state will have gone to them. That's um, interesting.
0: That's it. Okay. So peach County, I'm going to look for that because I believe
1: it's peach County. I mean, if you listen to the talking feds episode, which I believe was uh, the tw- 30th or the 29th or something, um, they talk about, it's about halfway through the episode. They talk about that, okay. these particular counties. And so I was like, mm, I'm going to pay attention to that one. Cause they know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and just for, for shits and giggles, you know, there's this woman that I talked to and I've, t- I've talked about her on the show before. She's a psychic. I don't really, I don't, do psychic readings with her anymore? I used to, um, mm-hmm. but I don't. I just don't have the need to do that anymore. But I always ask her political, you know, about politics. You mm-hmm. know, what are you feeling? And I don't. She doesn't charge me or anything. We just because right. like we talk. She knows that I'm obsessed with politics now, so I'm like, okay. And I would call her up during the general election, and mm-hmm. she, you know, so to just give you a little bit of of backstory, she did predict Hillary would lose. She thought she thought that. Donald Trump would win in 2016 and I remember she said that. And she mm-hmm. said she didn't like it. Now, I would say she is not a political junkie. She doesn't mm-hmm. really follow politics. And it was so interesting because she kept seeing during the primaries, the Democratic primary, she kept seeing and she I know she wasn't really familiar with Kamala Harris, but she kept seeing a light-skinned black woman. It was funny because mm-hmm. when when Kamala dropped out, she's like, mm-hmm. I just keep seeing light-skinned black woman. And I'm like, but Kamala Harris dropped out. She's like, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> and, then, and so um, it was kind of interesting how she's the, she's going to be the VP now, but mm-hmm. she may be the president one day. And so that's kind of interesting as in and of itself. But when we got closer to the election, she made a couple of predictions that did not happen the way she saw them. Like, for instance, she thought that Texas would go blue I think I can't remember the three states that she said would go blue, and then some of them did, and Texas obviously didn't. So she wasn't 100% right, um, and she never has been. But uh, she did predict specifically that Trump would lose, mm-hmm. and she felt very that that was an ongoing, you know, absolute with her. He's not going to win. He's not going to win, and she really felt confident about that. So I asked her yesterday or the day before. I said, so, okay, so first, when I asked her about Georgia, initially, like, as we, I don't even think Biden had been confirmed as, as, as the, v, as the president-elect yet, she wasn't sure about, uh, I think it was Ossoff. I think that mm-hmm. she was, sh- she, whatever, uh, like, so who's, Ossoff is running against Purdue. So I Perdue, think, yeah. so I think that that was the one she wasn't sure about, but she was pretty sure that Loeffler would lose. I think
1: th- she's going to, too, because she was a- appointed. Right. And people don't like being told who their representatives exactly. are. They yeah. want to elect them.
0: So. Yeah, so, so she felt, and she didn't know that, but she just didn't, she did you know, I asked, I'm like, okay, Warnock, do you think he's going to win? She goes, yes, I think he's going to win. And, and then I asked about Austin, she goes, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Now I asked her and she's, she, she feels they're both going to win. So I said, what's, you know, percentage wise, how, how confident are you? She feels 85% confident. So for what it's worth, and I know it's worth nothing, but I just love, (laughs) I just love asking and seeing like, is she going to get it right? You know, because I mean, she's been right about some things before. She's not always right, obviously, but and most of the time, I would say she's not, especially when it doesn't have to do with politics. But she's got a pretty decent record with the politics, and it's kind of fun asking her. So, well, I
1: mean, even the, the, the folks that were on um, Talking Feds the other day, they were like, it's either going to be 0 and 2 or 2 and 0. Yes, it's not going to be split, really. And because it's these are statewide elections. And so, right?
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: It, it it makes more. It's not. It's not like it's a bunch of representatives running. Yeah. Um. It's it's this, These are senators, and in general, it rarely do you have a Democratic senator and a Republican senator from the same right. state. That it happens, sense, yeah. but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. It's extremely rare that you have that. Now, I know that some people believe in divided government. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why certain people in certain states got reelected. Susan Collins, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fucking McConnell. Which I want, I want that damn state recounted. No but, shit. Um, uh, <laughs> You know, but some people like that. I mean, my dad, when I was growing up, was like, you know, my—he's like, I believe in this. I believe in divided government. So if we have a Republican president, I want a Democratic House and Senate, and yeah. vice versa. He goes right. because that way you work with each other. And right. but that was back in the old yeah, days that before was back with- Gingrich. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, when people actually did work together, when Tip O'Neill could work with Ronald Reagan. Right. You know, things that would happen that were, you know, uh, that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that with The fact that Mitch McConnell held up the Mm $2,000. Oh, yeah, that's going to hurt. I don't think that helps. No. Um, And I don't (laughs) understand why he, I don't understand why he did that other than he thinks they're going to steal the election. I don't know. Well, that's, that's what I, you know, I was talking to Bob and I was like,
0: maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they're cheating. Maybe there's some, and so it's like, I don't know. That's, that's the one thing. I mean, obviously I can't, I'm not making any kind of prediction at all. But right. I mean, I'm hopeful,
1: Same here.
0: especially looking at, like I said, at the beginning where, you know, we're looking at similar, we're, we're seeing huge voter turnout, which is, we saw, mm-hmm. you know, in the general election and all that. So it's, it looks promising, but as far, that's as far as I'll go with it because it's like, I'm afraid to, to get too excited either way. I'm just, you know, I keep kind of just pushing forward, like, okay, Georgia's just going to turn blue. I just keep telling myself that. And if just it does visualize it, yeah, like just, the secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> which I am doing. I do that. Although I think it's a different I doing did. it with yourself. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to have to talk to you about that. But, um, <laughs> but I just actually for the, uh, you know what, to just completely go off in a little tangent here, I will say that over this past year for 2020, which was a horribly shitty year. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had lost my Facebook page in 2018 and right. while I was not earning you know, tons of money. When I lost that page, I lost my income because my income came from blogging. And then we would post those blogs on all the pages that I had you know, it was this guy Sam and I, we had we had we have relationships with other people who had big pages plus our own big pages. So I lost everything. And it was extremely upsetting for me because I felt like I, I felt like a loser. And poor Bob would listen to me cry and you know and he would explain to me, well, I lost everything, you know, at my in my life, and then I rebuilt and I'm like, but that's you! <laughs> you know, like, I'm a loser and I would be so upset.
1: And and I'm like,
0: but and I would have all these excuses as as to why nothing was ever gonna work out for me. And I even I mean I was having like such pity parties that it was like the universe is against me which in and of itself is a stupid thing to say. And but it was like you know we have a tendency to or at least I have a tendency to be very hard on myself. So my friend said to me you should start manifesting. The my psychic friend we were talking and she's mm-hmm. like you should start cuz I'm sure I was crying. And she said you know you should you're good at that. And so all this year I've been doing it. And and I will say you know I mean I have like there's really no such thing as a big thing versus a little thing. It's what your mind thinks is big, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you want to make, you know, if you want a million bucks, that seems like almost impossible. So there's all kinds of resistance your mind is going to put to it. Like, I'm never going to get that. You'd have to overcome that in order, mm-hmm. you know. But what's small, like, it's easy to say, uh, I will find a penny. You, It's easy to find right. a penny. And mm-hmm. so to your mind, that's easy. But it's like what I've been doing all year is – actually giving myself a new mental diet and i don't tell myself that i'm a loser i don't tell myself but i can't because i Mm -hmm. i only tell myself now i i I can and i am i can and i am and and you know it's really been such a fascinating journey because this past year um you know i stopped screaming at bob that he's lucky and i'm not Or Bob, he would just stand there and he'd try to be supportive of me. And I'm like, but you don't understand the universe hates me. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so, I mean, that's done and over. I only had one brief period of time where when Miranda was dying, it was just, I I wasn't so much focusing on my finances or anything, but I was feeling low and, you know, but, and I knew that once she passed that I would be able to kind of get out of that, um, uncomfortable. It was just so, it was agony and, and like I knew that. and then I did, you know, I mean, was, I was I was I still miss her so much, but it's like, like I, that, I, I yeah. don't I don't miss the that last month and a half where I just didn't know where things were going. That was fucking awful. But mm-hmm. um, it's been so great. And it's like I have manifested. We all manifest everything. But I have specifically and deliberately manifested a few things that I would consider medium size. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say big and I wouldn't say little. So it's like good medium sized things. But more than anything, more than anything, it put me in a more positive frame of mind, period. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, therefore, I, you know, yes. Yeah. So I will visualize Georgia, but I always look at it like it's a little different when when it's a group thing, like we all want it to right. happen, and, as opposed to visualizing something specifically happening in your life personally. But yeah, I just right. like I visualize it, and uh, and I just kind of move forward. And I hope, I hope. Oh my God, we have to win, though. We have to win. I think
1: I we have we have a good shot. I mean, it's close, and it will be. I mean, the 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 pundits and the pollsters are saying it's five thousand votes here and nine thousand mm-hmm. votes to the other one, so. It's it's very close um the fact that that uh, that that tape came out <laughs> yeah when it did is interesting <laughs> yes and trump is going to be there today at some point
0: um, i know that the what's his name is having okay what's his name uh per- no the 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 attorney general uh,
1: uh, uh in georgia yes the one he called Raffsenper- Raff- raffson perger yeah. he's the secretary of state so, okay
0: secretary of state he it's going to hold a press conference today at three.
1: Well, he already was interviewed this morning on Good Morning America or today or something. Um, I find I have a feeling he does not want Purdue and Loeffler to win. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I just I as much as he's an awful, he's been awful up until now. Yeah, but I think that he does want to follow the law. Right. And I think Brian Kemp, as awful as he is, also wants to follow the law. Yeah. And so, um that's it shouldn't be courageous to follow no. the law that should no. be the bottom like you <laughs> right law. right
0: right. yeah that's where you start <laughs> that's where you start <laughs> yeah
1: and then anything o- above and beyond awesome yes. but just doing what the bare minimum is shouldn't be yay, yay. exactly like, like yeah like mike lee apparently came out today and, and announced that he's obviously going to vote in favor of joe biden being yeah certified yet again as the president tomorrow or uh, Wednesday. Um, okay, Mike Lee, good. You're doing your fucking job. Exactly. Yay, the other guy from Utah, go. Yeah. Um, like, seriously? <laughs> this shouldn't even be a thing. There. What the National Review, their article was interesting because the argument that Ted Cruz and the others are oh, stating is when in 2005, Barbara Boxer joined with, I think it was Barbara Lee. I might be wrong. Uh, it might have been Maxine Waters. I'm not sure. But in 2005, uh, representative in the house and then barbara boxer agreed that there were problems in the Mm -hmm. ohio vote Mm -hmm. so they were like there were problems Mm -hmm. and and there we did visual i mean i remember seeing the videos of votes flipping in those Mm -hmm. machines and no paper trail i mean if you're gonna vote on a machine that's fine at least have a fucking piece of paper come out that affirms your vote yeah just, the, I don't care if it's right. on a machine. I just want to, we have ATM machines doing that <laughs> no every shit. fucking day. Exactly, exactly. So I think we can do that with voting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was Diebold, and, I mean, and, and voting machines, I believe, I don't vote on a machine, I vote on paper, but mm-hmm. I Me believe too. that because, I think we've done better since 2005, because this was the beginning of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, So Barbara Boxer agreed. She said, okay, let's let's have a discussion. They had a discussion. And guess what? George W. Bush was reaffirmed as the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. So Ted Cruz is basing it on that. And then on the 1876 election with Tilden and Hayes. But in that election, there were shenanigans. There Mm -hmm. were problems. There was major issues with that. I don't agree with how the vote turned out Mm -hmm. because Tilden technically won, but it was a grand compromise to put Hayes in office in order for the South to still be assholes. Um, so, okay, we'll give you the Republican, but we're going to still be jerks. Okay. Um, so even the national review is going, none of these things work. And by the way, don't use Barbara Boxer as the bastion of conservatism. <laughs> I'm like, bash her all you want. She ain't a conservative. I love Barbara Boxer, but it's like, really Ted Cruz, you're using Barbara Boxer as your, yeah. Oh my you know, God, oh my God! I mean and so it and and the national they're like it's not Florida in two thousand where it's five hundred thirty eight votes, yeah, and even if he if even if he had convinced uh and perger perger, whatever the fuck his name is um and Brian Kemp, it still doesn't mean he wins the fucking election, yeah, it's only sixteen electoral votes, that's it, yeah, I... he still doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a big loser. <laughs> he still loses the election. He, and it, for everybody, I mean, and I'm, I, I was at fault as well. When Trump won initially the election, he won, as far as the, the projections, were 306 votes. But when the Electoral College voted, he only got 304. Interesting. So he didn't even get 306, which is the number in his head, which is why I know he wants to overturn at least one fucking state because it fucking bothers him. But (laughs) dude, you didn't even get 306 to begin with, asshole. Ah! Oh, my God. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just I swear to God, you know, this is so weird. I've been on vacation for two weeks. This is the first show I'm doing, obviously, coming back. And I'm certainly not out of the loop. I've been paying attention, but I haven't. I haven't been on the microphone so much talking about it other than Thursday, which I was still on break mode. So (laughs) I wasn't fully there, but it's like now I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about it. And it's, it's, uh, it's so overwhelming what's happening. I mean, we've got Mm -hmm. this COVID situation where more people are going to get it. More people are going to die. It's Mm -hmm. just, I know we're in the tunnel and we can see the light, but we're still in the thick of the tunnel and we're not out of it yet. At least though we do have hope. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow hopefully we'll add to that hope. But it's just like this this is fucking insane. I never mm-hmm. thought in my life that I I mean, I, I, I so distinctly remember being twelve years old living in, in Soviet Russia and appreciating this country and, and understanding how fortunate I was to live in an American democracy. And I and even though my twelve year old brain could never have come up with somebody like Donald Trump or anything like that, I just I, I I don't know. It's like I, I figured I understood things pretty well and I didn't ever believe our country would turn into what it has turned into. I just and I feel I, I'm like we, we have one shot now and it's mm-hmm. dependent on so many of us, especially dependent on so many of us who usually don't pay attention. And it right. scares me. And I, I'm hopeful and I'm scared at the same time. And I'm really not sure what to expect because even if Donald Trump does start to pitter out and I think there's a really good shot that that's going to happen like I think he is not going to be able to hold his I don't know I mean he's not going to have the same kind of power so you know he will have a voice and he'll continue to have a platform whether it's on a television show or if he owns AOAN or anything like that he will still have an ability i mean i don't and then again i don't know what's going to happen to him legally i'm just right. assuming right now forget you know like uh, let's just say nothing happens to him legally which i it better but mm-hmm. uh you know i mean he he's never going to be as strong w- with whatever he does now although i will say if he if he owns oan or any kind of network like newsmax i mean that that's damaging just look at what fox has well, done
1: well the thing is okay first off when he owns something he runs it into the ground that's true so i that's wouldn't true. be that concerned because uh, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't hire people to do job he, yeah that's he's terrible true. um that's i a mean very good when point. you when you bankrupt casinos <laughs> i know, I know. He really <laughs> cannot be a very good businessman because I could run a casino tomorrow and not bankrupt it. And I don't know the fucking first thing about running a goddamn casino. All I know is money in, right. less money out. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, come on. You're losing on slot machines? Mm-hmm. Seriously? I know, um I know. <laughs> Come on. Fucking uh, loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I wouldn't be concerned because he's not he's what he is good at is marketing, and that's and, and it.
0: And conning us. Yeah.
1: Yes, he's a good comment, which is marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. True. I mean, a good. Yeah, s- exactly. it's, that's
1: just marketing. That's that's you know, that's uh, all that is. It's Robert Preston. It's you know, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's that. Um, that's the only thing he's good at. But he doesn't trust other people to run things, which is why the things that he has done fail. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to hire. Like with his hotels, he's not going to hire somebody that used to work yeah. for Hilton Hotels, Exactly. That knows what they're doing. <laughs> They'll because... hire like
0: Giuliani or something.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hiring right. Nikki Hilton, the daughter, Paris Hilton's sister. Yeah. Hire her. At least she grew up in the goddamn business. Yeah, exactly. Understands it to a certain degree. At least that's somebody. But yeah. he wouldn't even hire her because Hilton. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. His, his ego won't let him hire people that are smarter than he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. He just cannot do that and that's why he's been a failure up until russia and other rat fuckery helped him become the president right um and as far as like if he were to flee the country which is entirely possible Mm -hmm. his little his little minions his little minions won't like that
0: no and there's that looks like he's
1: running scared that's
0: true and there's really nobody to replace him. I mean, you look at at how hard Ted Cruz is, is vying for those fucking votes right now. He's so desperate to, to get Donald Trump's base and, But they don't like him. Nobody likes Ted Cruz. Nobody. And
1: and, and unless you're Donald Trump, they're not voting for you. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. It's just what's going to like. And and then, you know, I mean, Steve Schmidt did that epic, of course, thread with all the big words talking Mm -hmm. about how the party. And then I guess he was also talking to Ali Velshi about the same thing. And, you know, he was just describing what's going to happen. There's a split within the GOP right now. It's a civil war. And he does see the autocratic side winning. And um, for now, for now. Uh, but, and then, you know, so what is that going to mean moving forward? It means that hopefully, hopefully the party is just going to fucking be in K cha- a state of chaos for however long, I don't know how long it's going to be, but if they keep, you know, I mean, th- I guess it will depend on if they're, if they lose, if Democrats keep winning, then eventually they're going to have to come back to reality. They're going to have yeah. to.
1: And and what's gonna happen, it will be interesting because, you know, the yesterday's headlines with Speaker Pelosi getting her speakership again. Mm-hmm. Narrow win by Nancy Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Fuckity fuck 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 you.
0: Totally. I know well, the thing is, is it's it's so infuriating to see how the press treats Democrats. It's just you know like the liberal media ha 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 ha. It's since like, when yeah, really, it's <laughs> like uh, it it's drives me fucking nuts to see mm-hmm. how the the double standard, you know it, it's just it's insane but well,
1: and with with um uh, Janet Yellen,
0: oh God, I know, God forbid, I mean, I went after Sam, Sam Stein because he was defending it and because she made seven million dollars doing Ooh. speeches. Which you know I'm she's not
1: Steve fucking Minuchin. Yeah. She's not that person. She's the one that warned us about the initial crash in two thousand eight. Thank you very much, motherfuckers. So (laughs) if she made money doing speeches, that's fine with me. I know that she knows what she's doing already. And and it's like it's like the Goldman Sachs shit. Fuck you. People can't make a living when they leave. fuck you. Exactly. Exactly. She's not a lobbyist. She's not a fucking lobbyist. She made speeches. If she were a lobbyist, I would have a little bit of an issue, but she's not.
0: I right, <laughs> exactly. But, it, but it's it's the same thing. As Politico goes after, and I mean, Sam Stein didn't write this. I can't remember no, the name, didn't. Alexander somebody, and and mm. then someone else. Which I actually follow. We follow each other. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. But mm-hmm. um, you know, they they don't go after Republican men for doing this. And I think the reason no. they're going after liberal women specifically liberals is that because we're always railing against wall street but it's like so fucking what so fucking what's just like you said she knows what she's talking about she's not being a lobbyist and it came out after um and now i don't have the the absolute facts on this but i know that you know some of the transcripts came out after after the 2016 election um, mm-hmm. when Hillary was giving speeches. And it was, right. you know, I mean, there was, the, of course there was nothing in there that was worrisome. But I think that part of what she was doing was, I guess, I, I can't remember the details and I wish that I could because I seem to remember that there was something in the transcripts, but I could be wrong and maybe you know, um, that was almost like not, not bashing Wall Street, but basically not saying what they didn't want to hear. Right. And so, you know, but but of course, she was held to this d- ridiculous bullshit patriarchal standard. And well,
1: yeah, I mean, even the the wording of the Politico headline was raked in, raked like, in, she yeah. earned it. Yes,
0: she earned it. She, and she's a and woman and seven million
1: dollars for seven million dollars. I don't know how many years it took for her to earn that money. But even in a year. Based that on Minuchin, who made how many hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, exactly. just off of the first Wonder Woman movie? <laughs> fuck you! And then his his awfulness in in, in, in uh, real estate here, where yes. he booted people and and fuck you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like don't even.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's and, and this is, I mean, can you imagine? It's going to fucking start, and it's going to get so ridiculous with oh, Kamala yeah. Harris with as the vice oh, president. Yeah. And We're all going to have to be there for her mm-hmm. and yeah. calling out Politico or whoever it is, whether it's yep. Sam, Sam Stein or the New York Times, because Soledad O'Brien is like, this is what she fucking lives for. I love her because oh, yeah. she always always holds them accountable for their bullshit and we all have to because basically we all have to let them know this doesn't fly for us it's you know mm-hmm. and i don't know what that's going to come down to whether it's going to come down to boycotting sponsors or whatever it is but we've got to send a message that this can't fucking go on it just can't go on because i swear to god there are two things that really drive me crazy i mean of course like maga trump all that but i can't i can't fucking take arguing with the left That drives Mm -hmm. me nuts and I can't take the fucking patriarchy coming from our, it's not just patriarchy, but from our media and Mm -hmm. how they constantly, constantly cater to Republicans. Republicans call them liberal media and women are always, always, always thrown under the bus all the time and I'm so fucking sick of it and it's like, it just, nothing makes me more frustrated than that. Well, that's why I love the fact that the entire communications
1: team for Biden, at least initially, is all, it's all women.
0: women. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, there was people going eh, eh, and they're arguing about that. and It's like, shut the fuck up. He hired yeah. capable people, and they happened to be women. It's like there was when Ruth Bader Ginsburg. How, what, didn't somebody say,
1: "Oh, how can you call it diverse when it's all women?" Well, <laughs> fuck
0: you. Yeah, exactly. And then, and not only that, I mean, I think like Gator Bins, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said something along. I can't remember her quote specifically, but like, when are you going to uh, be satisfied many, yeah. when it's all men? Because nobody ever questioned
1: uh, mm-hmm. all male
0: Supreme Court. Never. So, you know. So, I mean, yeah,
1: so she was asked, she goes, how many, when will you be satisfied right. with the number of women on the Supreme Court? She says, when there's nine.
0: Yes, because there's. When you there's know. nine
1: women, because fuck you, there have been nine men the whole time up until uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Right. So.
0: And nobody was like freaking out about that. So, yeah. No. Fuck, fuckity fuck you to them.
1: <laughs> it's art. You know what? I said this years ago, and then finally, I think Mark Barron may have said it. Oh, no, <laughs> women should just start doing it. Yeah, you know, whenever I say that, men get on my case. Uh huh if a man says it's women's turn then oh yeah maybe he's right exactly that's, that's just proving so my point typical <laughs> it's proving so my point <laughs> i mean i want allies in the male community of course. we need them we have to have them that's of how we got the fucking vote to begin with so yeah. i i understand the need for them to speak for me on occasion because mm-hmm. dumb fucks don't listen unless i mean yeah. it's just it's well exactly. I mean well and I I always say, you know, we we had
0: 5, it was 5 or 7, can't remember. Male Republicans voting for the equal rights amendment in mm-hmm. in uh Virginia. So mm-hmm. and they were the ones to take it to the to the last yeah. needed state. So yep. um, yeah, I'm um, I'm all for it, but uh, but uh, yeah, exactly. It's like there there have been instances in my personal life when you know, it takes it takes a man Uh to explain to the other man and then they get it and it's like mm, Uh i'm I'm just trying to be vague here but it's like it's so fucking frustrating well it's it's you know it's
1: funny because the reason because i'm very um uppity Um, (laughs) you're so uppity (laughs) i am Uh uh-oh
0: yay okay Uh, so let's go with uh uppity
1: uh, but it's the patriarchy wanting to put me down um, <laughs> so, now I went after uh, grade school I went to an all girls school for two and a half years and part of being in an all girl environment and we had male and female teachers but part of being in that environment plus it was a college prep school mm-hmm. you're expected to learn mm-hmm. you're expected to ask and answer questions you are expected to go to Stanford mm-hmm. um, So in math classes in science classes Mm -hmm. in classes that are normally male centric, Mm -hmm. the girls were expected to excel. And and I mean like going to Stanford and Harvard and Yale and Princeton and those kind. That's what we were prepared to go to. Like UCLA was your safety school. Right. You know, Um, so I think having gone seventh, eighth and the first half of ninth grade to a, a single sex school taught me that my voice counts just as much as that guy over there. Yes, yes. So that when I went to back to co-ed, which was the last half of ninth grade and, and all through college, I was the asshole raising my hand in biology class. <laughs> you know, going, no, I know the answer to that. You know, and in math class, oh, I no, know, I know the answer to that because I did.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, or I would ask the question, well, explain this to me. You know, and, and I didn't, like a lot of girls are trained it's getting better obviously um but a lot of girls when we're younger are trained that if you're smart boys won't like
0: you right exactly yes
1: and and especially when you're 11 to 14 Mm -hmm. years old that's really when it matters to you more than when you're five or six or through sixth grade or whatever so i think because i was there during those specific years I didn't give a rat's ass, mm-hmm. still really don't. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, I care, but it's not like, hey, I'm smart, fuck it, yeah. you know? And I'm not smart in everything, but I'm smart at a lot of things, right. you know? I was, I was a I was the magna cum laude graduate in high school, you yeah. know? I wasn't this dumb kid. I wasn't as smart as our valedictorian, who was a girl. She's really
0: smart. Uh. <laughs> well, you're She's pretty like way smart. You're pretty smart. And, you know, I, that's why I like having you on the show. Aside from just liking you as a person, I like having you on because you, I mean, you introduced me to, you know, new ways of thinking. You, you come up with new information that I didn't know. So I appreciate your voice. But, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's like the way that women are treated is just, it's, it's, we, we got to change that. And the only way we're going to change we it do. is by screaming and, and mm-hmm. embarrassing and humiliating the people who are creating these headlines or these bullshit narratives, we have to be really loud. And well, you know,
1: I find you know it's funny. I was they were uh, I think I, I was listening to Alyssa's uh, show, her last show of the year, her sorry not sorry show, mm-hmm. and she did kind of a recap show where she played old clips from the previous year. Mm-hmm. She played one about the Charlottesville murder, and these men yelling, you know. You won't replace us, and yes. and this, this is my country. Get the fuck out! And I'm thinking, the reason that you're upset that that people of color and women and gay folks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are getting to a level where they're equal to you is because you didn't. You know how you treated us, mm-hmm. and you don't want us to treat you that way. Because mm-hmm. if you really were magnanimous and and equity mm-hmm. and equitable with people, it wouldn't matter if. Kamala Harris is the vice president. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if, you know, Pete Buttigieg is the head of transportation. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. None of this shit would matter because you know that you've treated those particular groups well. Mm-hmm. Had white males <laughs> been treating <laughs> the minorities in this country well, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be an argument.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
1: that's just how it is. It's, it's just like if y'all had been treating us better, you wouldn't care that so-and-so gets that job. You yeah. wouldn't care that the immigrant gets that gig. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't care because you're treating us as equals, and we're everybody's fine. It's like that's what it is. It's like, oh, are you afraid I'm going to treat you like you treat me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm nicer yeah. than you are. You know, yeah. Be happy yeah. I don't do that. It, right. Be happy we don't do that because yeah. if we had the opportunity, some would, right. but most of us wouldn't. Because we know how it feels. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the thing.
0: And, you know, but that's, you know, and again, I, I'm just going to say that we have to, especially people on Twitter, any way that you can fight back against, because we're going to just see so much shit. I mean, there's all these women in Biden's administration yeah. We're we're going to see so much bullshit. It's going to be just like if Hillary were to have become president, which she should have. But if she, oh, yeah. you know, we would have seen it at that time. And it's going to mm-hmm. be really uncomfortable. It's going to make us extremely uncomfortable. So we have to make them feel just as uncomfortable as they're making us feel. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be tough, but we just got to be strong about this because I just, We're it's going to drive me
1: crazy. Oh, I know. Well, listening to Trump's conversation with um, the Secretary of State of Georgia, whose name I will never <laughs> pronounce correctly, um, until he gives me a call personally and says, this is how you pronounce my last name. Um, when I was listening to it, I was like, "This is how an abuser talks."
0: Oh, totally. Because totally. it started with
1: flattery and this, yes. and then there was a little, th- and then then begging, and then, then then there was the arm turn, pulling, and yes. and, the, and the I'm going to do this to you if you don't do, and that's so, the arc of an abuser. Uh huh. Uh huh. Totally.
0: Yes, he is. He's an abuser, and he's been abusing us. For more than four, four years. years now. Yeah,
1: for five years mm-hmm. now, yeah. I mean, he's I think
0: ever since awful. that Escalator ride, it's, he's been abusive mm-hmm. and he's been disgusting. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm just so grateful that we made the right choice. We've just got to keep making the right choice. But I should I should mm-hmm. start to end this now, even though I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> but um, God, but thank you for being the very first guest of 2021. Yay! Yay! And of course, you know, I'm going to be inviting you back more than once this year. So I always love Yay. when you're on. You're so easy to talk to and you're smart and you know your shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you help me learn. So I appreciate that. Oh yeah. And um, all right, so before we go, of course, as I always ask, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: You can find my show at from dash dash bunker dot com and on the Twitter, it's from the bunker J R. <laughs> um, and uh there you, there you have it. <laughs> <There> you <laughs> and on the Bob Seska show and on the Stephanie Miller show and pretty much any podcast that will have me on. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so, I can be found at Author Kimberly, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that extra E because my mother had to go make my name confusing. And then, um, <laughs> and then of course, you can find my books at, on Amazon under Kimberly A. Johnson or Kimberly Johnson. I don't remember if I use Kimberly A. Johnson or not, but I should check that. So, like, I should just always have that known when I'm, but I always, how many years have I, do, have I been doing this podcast and I still don't remember? But anyway. Just go find Kimberly Johnson. I have Peyton's Choice, The Virgin Diaries. Take a look. If you decide to get one of my books and read them, and you like them, I always like to beg for reviews because authors need reviews. But that also goes for podcasts. And Jody hosts a podcast. Reviews, reviews, or reviews are everything for us. So just FYI. Um, anyway, Jody, it was wonderful talking to you, and you we will t- we will talk again. And and here's here's hoping for tomorrow.
1: Yeah, no shit. Alright. Everybody get out and vote. Yes.
0: <laughs> Alright, you take care. Alright,
1: you too. Bye bye. Bye bye.